You are listening to a True North Eager Beaver Media Podcast. True North Eager Beaver podcasts are proudly brought to you by our founding sponsors, the Miss V Mysteries from Corvid Moon Publishing, your source for science fiction, fantasy, and cozy mysteries featuring a broad diversity of characters. CanadianTarot.com, your uniquely Canadian online eclectic tarot community and forum, and the Peppermaster, hot pepper sauces made from fresh farm ingredients to thrill your taste buds and expand your mind. I was dancing a little too hard in my chair there. There's so, <laughs> a little skew. Ooh, there with the hair. All right. Well, good morning and hello, kids. And welcome to season three and episode number 121 of The Daily Beaver here on the Cryer Media Network. Today, recording day is Wednesday, May 17th. And it's a very special day here at the Beaver Lodge. You know why? Why? It's my beaver sweetie's birthday. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. Mm. Can't wait to celebrate. That no, was amazing. That was amazing. I, f- I figured birthday. as much. Happy birthday, my love. Happy birthday, my love. Uh, hey, happy birthday, Alex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and uh, it's a wonderful uh, spring day here at the Beaver Lodge. Uh, the little birdies that were in the nest are born because we saw Mama and Daddy uh, bring some worms and food, and so they're chirping away. Um, last I'm sure they're night, freezing this morning, though. Holy well, that's crap! The out. Thing, eh? Last night I, I went out, uh, and uh, you know I. It was pretty darn cool. And I saw, like, I'm not sure for robins if it's the mama bird or the papa bird that uh, lays on the eggs. Because for some birds, it's 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 the male. But it's like, I almost wanted, like, if, like, I knew that the bird wouldn't fly away, I almost wanted, like, a teeny little blanket, you know? And just like, there you go, mama or papa, there you go. <laughs> just because it was chilly. Mm-hmm. It was chilly yesterday. Um, so, yeah. And uh, the lilacs are in bloom and everything. And. There's uh, the first bud on the peonies. and uh, It's just. Uh. You said peonies. Yes. <laughs> uh, I always so, pronounce it peony. Oh, peony? That's how I pronounce it. I don't, yeah. I, I think I'm wrong. I just, I, that's the way it looks when I read it. Well, yes. you said the plural version, right? So I'm like peony. Yes. Because peony. otherwise I, it sounds like penis and I just. Okay, there you go. We're starting early. <laughs> kind of like a pianist. Are you a pianist? What? Yes, I'm a pianist. She's so. a great pianist. It sounds bad, but it's not bad. It's it's true. It's just complicated. And, you know, the, the 15-year-old boy in all males, uh, you know, goes there every single time. Just can't help it. Can't help it. <laughs> yes, this is saucy going penis where <laughs> oh down there <laughs> um, 
Anyway, the flowers are out at the, at the Beaver Lodge. <laughs> I'm your host, Eager Beaver. Pronouns he, him. Hey, Mr. Beaver. Hey. And to all the people out there who have been, uh, you know, making those little comments. Oh, pronouns. So I guess that means we can discount everything he has to say. Oh, okay. what? Where, when did you hear that? Oh, that just happens. You know, you, you get a comment and it's like, and then you get to, you put in, you, you write oh, something yeah, and yeah, somebody yeah. responds. Oh yeah. Dude's got pronouns. Okay. So yeah, I got pronouns. So that means everything that comes out of my mouth is stupid, right? <laughs> well, I, I tend yeah. to, I tend to find those, those individuals have major SDE um, usually. And, and you know, if you're threatened by my pronouns by a cis het white male mm-hmm. with pronouns, if that's a threat to you, that says so much about you. Mm. So much about you. Wait until you see my use of apostrophe S when I denote possessives. <laughs> mm. Talk dirty grammar to me. Mm, that'll send you into a corner in the fetal position, darling. Well. Don't worry, I make a mean cheesecake. I'll send you some to eat while you're there. All right. Of course, a big thank you goes to our podcast founding sponsors, The Peppermaster, The Misfee Mysteries from Corvin Moon Publishing, and CanadianTarot.com. Thank you so much for your constant and stalwart support. We have a nibble for you this morning. But first, let's say hello to you, Mr. Grizzly, and uh, ask how your mental health is today. Good morning, Mr. Beaver. You know my mental health is great today. Stop that. It's great. We'll leave it at that. We had a couple seconds there while we were or, uh, ironing out some technical issues to yes. have a chat. So that's why he's got that little um, grin on. Good morning. Good morning. It's great to stay up late. Good morning. Good morning to you. I was actually in bed at 9.30 last night. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. You had a hard day. Yeah, and that's why I feel so great today. I mm-hmm. to sleep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, <laughs> I I'm not grumpy this morning. I still want to go. No. No. I will, I will, I will, I will, I will not. No. I am a gentleman. Um, however, um, when we're talking about um, <laughs> home runs, uh, yeah, well, more like hitting home runs, but at the wrong stuff. Are you are you, are you talking about the UCP member? Oh man! <sighs> Comparing uh, human beings to fecal matter—is that what you're talking about? Because I've got uh, the clips. Oh, there's that too. Oh no, I missed that one. Please. Oh, go here. Ahead. I'll yeah. start with this. Lacombe Pananka. Uh, candidate Jennifer Johnson was speaking at a forum last September about the public school system versus homeschooling. In a recording, Johnson can be heard saying Alberta's high test scores don't matter because some students are transgender. It does not matter that we're in the top 3% of the world. Who cares if they got 89% in chemistry 30? Who cares they're entering post-secondary if they're chemically castrated, she said in the recording. Johnson went on to compare a handful of... uh, Hang on, i got to move that graphic so I can see... Oh, yes. I can't see. <laughs> there we go. Johnson went on to compare a handful of transgender students in the school system to mixing a teaspoon of feces into a batch of baked goods. What? Charming individual. Enjoy the cookies. I only put a teaspoon of poop in them, but it doesn't matter because it's only a teaspoon in the whole batch, she has heard saying. Same idea. Okay. We can be top 3%, but that little bit of poop is what wrecks it. Anna Murphy, a transgender advocate in Calgary, took aim at Johnson for comparing a marginalized group to a contaminant. For any person within, with privilege within our community to otherwise call for the removal of individuals from our society or the segregation of equity-deserving groups, that is dangerous, Murphy said. To make comments that dehumanize and otherwise equate anyone to any kind of undesirable attribute, such as what that comment does is a disgusting demonstration of that person's character. Not to mention the fact that the UPC stated that they vetted all their candidates. This is who they are. Stochastic terrorists. Disgusting. Stochastic terrorism is the public demonization of a person or group resulting in the incitement of a violent act which is statistically probable but whose specifics cannot be predicted. 
The word stochastic in everyday language means random. So here we go. Uh, here's the idea behind stochastic terrorism. A leader or organization uses rhetoric in the mass media against a group of people. This rhetoric, while, host while hostile or hateful, doesn't explicitly tell someone to carry out an act of violence against that group, but a person feeling threatened is motivated to do so as a result. That individual act of political violence can't be predicted as such, but that violence will happen is much more probable thanks to the rhetoric. This rhetoric is thus called stochastic terrorism because of the way it incites random violence, such as one day uh, saying that the prime minister is trying to erase history, then control history in order to reshape people, and then has a government that's deliberately setting fires. Yeah. That's because if you terrorism. truly feel that you have a government that's literally trying to kill you, oh, now, and now today is he's flooding the streets with drugs again. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, the tweet literally said the prime minister's killing Canadians. Yeah. Literally, though, this time. Well, they're just said, outright saying yeah. it. Now they're not, they're not just suggesting no, they're saying know, he's doing something it. that is killing. They're saying, outright saying the prime minister's killing Canadians. Um, <laughs> like, this um, is... This is this is who they are. This is who they are. But they're this is who, look, they call themselves the UCP or the Conservative Party of Canada. They're right-wing, evangelical, Christo-fascists. And if they tell you they're Christian, they're the furthest fucking thing from it. Oh. Comparing students who are struggling with their gender identity to fecal matter. Fuck you, bitch. Yeah. You know, I don't like to, to, to call a woman that word, but come on. Come on. Come on. Right. No, I'm not, I'm not going to stand idly by for that. That is... Uh, look, well, the, the, you know the, what the opponents were very polite. I will not be polite. Hmm. You know what this is, though, right? This is a variation on the one skittle. Yep. Or the just one drop. Yep. It's exactly what it is. There you go, Mr. Grizzly, if you would. Literally. Literally saying it. Mm -hmm. Pierre Polliver, 12 hours ago. The Trudeau government is killing people. By giving out free drugs to addicts. Stochastic. He's literally saying the government's killing people. No, that's not what's doing. He's keeping people alive long enough by providing a supply that is not laced with fentanyl mm -hmm. or benzodiazepines. Again, the objective, right? He's sitting there, like Danielle's sitting there, right? We're just going to take people and we're going to just put them into treatment. First of all, you have to build all the treatment. Second of all, Skippy's plan depends on him uh, first winning a court case against multinational drug companies that can be dragged up before he helps anyone. So first of all, he's got to win a case to fund it. That'll take years. And then he either wants to take people in and force them in, which, okay, you'll get them clean for a few <laughs> days. And then the second you release them, they mm -hmm. go back at it again. Many addicts have said this. Right, so you can't. Con you're actually advocating kidnapping and confinement against people's will, while talking about freedom, because they're addicts, and nobody will stand up for them. So we're starting right again. The probing to see which group of people that nobody will stand up for: addicts, transgender, homeless, suffering from mental health issues. Right? The bail thing. That's mm -hmm. like, you know, a lot of um, Pierre going around saying, you know, well, we'll put them away if they're violent offenders like this and make sure they never get out until the whole trial is over. In theory, yes. But innocent to proven guilty, what if, right? What if, the, what, what if? Because the whole justice system is based on, right, you'd rather let one man guilty man go then for example for the death penalty kill an innocent man so you weigh the justice system on that side um 
what if someone is not guilty and time served before sentencing is usually credited two to one? And let's say uh, they're not guilty and the time that they've served before their whole trial is over is longer than any sentence they would have had. Mm-hmm. Um, now we're compensating people. Now there are lawsuits. Now we're legally compensating people. We're in Maharar territory again. These policies are not yeah. well thought out, but to the people that are out there, it's like, yeah, lock them up. If they don't want to get treatment, force them into treatment. Is it's it? like they're a danger to themselves. That's right? how they regard. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But we are allowed to make decisions that are harmful to ourselves. We are constitutionally allowed. What happened to this? Aren't, aren't these? Aren't they the folks that are all about uh, my body, my choice? Yeah. Some Except, of, us, of course, when it comes to a woman making a choice about a medical health, you know. Medical some of us eat too much. Some of us drink too much. Some of us work too much. Some of us exercise too much. Some of us are addicted to drama. Some of us have too much unprotected sex. We all, we all do have things. Advice. We all do things. We've all picked our poisons. We're we just know. singling out people, certain people, for special treatment because, well, we don't approve of their poison. That's what it boils down to. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, they're literally saying killing people now, right? So mm-hmm. we're definitely in stochastic terrorism territory. Um, so, yeah, um, you had something way uh, <laughs> worse and dark than I had. Um, I had leak of polling data. <laughs> That's where I was going. Uh, no, no, but, you know, yesterday we had like a fire too, right? So mm-hmm. clearly this is one can be an accident, two can be a coincidence. Three is planned. Yeah, and we're at way more than three, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, this is who they are. Um, no, uh, what had happened is that uh, Abacus Data had released some polling that was showing specifically uh, with regards to what was called the reluctant UCPers. Mm-hmm. Um, well, <laughs> they were having, uh, there was a noticeable shift in their vote intentions. And according to Abacus data, the current provincial vote intention shows uh, that on April 23rd, it was tied at 3636. And that from May 12th to 23rd, polling period, the NDP is broken up to a 43-35 lead. That made uh, people very happy. Uh, There was another polling company, I can't remember uh, off the top of my head which one it was. It was a name I hadn't heard before, so it must be more local, um, that also showed the NDP in a slight lead. But then uh, Janet Brown polling, which is revered out in Alberta, had some data, and I guess she released it first to some parties, uh, and um, the data was leaked. Mm-hmm. Now, this is proprietary information, and it was leaked. And this is the second time in the campaign that this happens, and the second time in the campaign that it happens. It happens to be when data uh, shows the UCP doing well, and the Janet Brown data shows the UCP doing very, very well, um, as opposed to um, the, the NDP. It shows the NDP, I think, uh, getting only about like 34 seats in the legislature. Um, now, Janet Brown herself is saying that this poll of hers might be the one time out of 20. Right? Remember when they say this poll is accurate 19 times out of 20 with a margin of error? Right. So the one time out of she's saying that this he she herself is saying, I think this one's an outlier. Mm-hmm. Now her reporting period was longer because she started um I think she did this over maybe two weeks, and a good part of it was before Daniel Smith made that comment, equating 75% of Canadians to people who would just fall under the charms of a 
Nazi tyrant uh, of a tyrant and of all the ones she could pick. Um, she, 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 she suggested Hitler. Yeah. Just, she just, she, she looked up and then suggested Hitler. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, it's a pattern with her. We've seen it before. Hey, Daniel, we, uh, let's reach out to Dr. Lee Chapman and uh, see if we can get her on the show. I don't know if you've seen that, Mr. Beaver. My good friend is Chief Nursing Officer of Canada, Dr. Lee Chapman. She's a big voice federally on the opioid homeless issues. Yes, please. Yes, yes, we have been wanting a guest. Yes, we'd like Um, to get her on the show. Um, And I want a response to uh, uh, Kenty here. Uh, Kenty's watching on Twitch. Do you think all cons can be rehabilitated no matter the crime they commit? Uh, That's a deep philosophical question. Um, Not all of them can. I think not everybody can be, you know. But you have to assume. Yes. You You don't know which ones can and can't, so you have to try with everyone. That's right. And I mean, there there have been criminals, like some serial killers that were... Robert Picton as an example that man is not rehabilitatable. Uh, but I don't believe in the death penalty. Uh, and I'll tell you why. Uh, that makes us worse than the criminal, I think. Uh, state execution. This is my personal opinion. I'm not, you know, reflecting. I, I would say the same thing because we're doing it calmly and rationally. Yeah. And that ain't, that's, I think that's colder and harsher. Mm-hmm. Um, number one. Number two, um, and here's, here's one for the cons. This one, this is why the cons will start to come swing over to my side of the fence. And I've had conservatives swing to my side of the fence when I said, you do realize it costs more to execute an inmate than it does to incarcerate them until they die. And they go, what? Because they have unlimited appeal processes in this country. Mm-hmm. So if we had a death penalty, they can appeal it and appeal it and appeal it and appeal it. And guess who pays for that? We do. One appeal can cost up to a million dollars. It's $75,000 a year to keep them incarcerated. Mm -hmm. So do the math. Mm. One appeal up to a million dollars is what it ends up costing the taxpayer because we pay for the whole enchilada. Mm -hmm. So when you explain it to a conservative like that, Mm -hmm. they usually go, oh, hang on a second here. I don't believe in the death penalty. Yeah, because it's money. Mm -hmm. So there's a way to bring people over to the right side of the fence which is on the left side of the center. But you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Look, an hey. eye for an eye makes the whole world blind. And if you're yep. going to judge, if you're going to, to rule your life uh, based on a set of rules written a few thousand years ago at a time when, you know, uh, you, you could uh, sell your daughter to slavery if she committed what you saw as a sin or you should, you know, beat your wife because she did something you disagree. And that was perfectly in the book of Leviticus for those super Christians who always pull out the Old Testament. Christianity is based on the New Testament. Do they not see a confusion here? (laughs) No, they don't, because it suits whatever narrative they're trying to paint. And it's all about painting in a very narrow lane exactly what they want you to think. Hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Indeed. You're, and you're, you're right, right about this, this too, Pete. Right uh, Mr., Mr., our good brother, our brother Pete here uh, out in Australia. Who has a cold. He said, prisons don't work. They generate dependence, and some people now can't manage to become part of society again. So they reoffend just to go back to jail. And, and there's a lot of truth to that, as evidenced by the s- uh, several decades studies in um, Scandinavia, where they actually have rehabilitative prisons where they teach you a skill where they they give you classes on how to uh um, improve your life improve your thought process like all of those things it's not like a crime and punishment where they send you to jail make you make license plates or work for the state for Mm -hmm. free which you do realize it's called the prison industrial complex for a reason in the united states not so much as here in Canada, but in the United States of America, it's called the prison industrial complex because it is slaves, slavery. It's the new form of slavery. They have you in yeah. there making stuff. They, they pay you a dollar a day while you're incarcerated in not what you'd call good conditions. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. It's the prison industrial complex where they churn out millions of dollars for the private run prisons. 
They're pro- mm-hmm. private for-profit prisons. That's when capitalism is run amok. Yeah. So on that issue, we've kind of shifted over from Alberta to the federal thing, but I'll get back to, uh, to something Alberta here. Mm-hmm. But that would be uh, Bill uh, C-48, which is a uh, uh, Minister uh, David Lametti was there at the announcement. Uh, uh, Minister Bennett, who takes care of uh, who's, uh, addictions and uh, mental health, was there. Um, there's two other ministers there. I can't remember off the top of my head who they were. Um, but uh, Bill C-48, sorry, pardon? Uh, sorry, Daniel's message. He just left a, a message with uh, Dr. Lee. Ah, okay. Uh, Bill, Bill C-48 would make targeted changes to the criminal code's bail regime to address serious repeat violent offending with firearms, knives, bear spray, and other weapons. Specifically, Bill C-48 also proposes changes at the bail stage to address the enhanced risks posed by intimate partner violence. The proposed changes seek to improve the safety of people and communities across Canada. Um, and these are for, I believe, uh, Justice Minister Lametti said in his press conference that uh, these would apply to people who have been charged of these offenses uh, within five years. So if you reoffend within five years and you've committed some of these offenses and you're charged on some of those offenses as well, um, then uh, this would apply, Bill C-48. So it's very, very, very specific uh, circumstances. Are you reading what uh, Jillian has on the screen? Pay attention to uh, No, I haven't yet. It's, Sorry. I just posted it um, because he wanted to, Harper wanted to privatize prisons for profit. Yes. Stephen Harper's inmate treatment facilities. Mm. Take the first letter of each word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Brilliant, Jillian. Brilliant. Ah, oh, Jillian. <laughs> it's, it's great. Oh, it's Alex's birthday today, Pete. Today is his birthday. I love birthday. the kid. Uh, uh, so the proposed changes were developed in close collaboration with all provinces and territories, including at a special meeting of the federal provincial territorial meeting of ministers responsible for justice and public safety on March 10th. The proposed changes are also informed by engagement with others, partners and stakeholders, including law enforcement, community organizations, and indigenous partners. These changes respond directly to calls for reform from provincial premiers and the policing community. Uh, then, uh, yeah, goes on to fluff government mm-hmm. fluff um so yeah uh that was announced yesterday so we'll see what that will do uh it seems to be pretty well received uh overall um so yeah we'll see what happens uh with that back in alberta uh mr grizzly uh uh the uh, Account Twitter account uh, that you should be following uh, dis, at disordered YYC, mm-hmm. uh, sending lots of uh, videos. Uh, and again, always a video. Uh, this one was from uh, another day, actually, that you uh, actually sent to me, Mr. Grizzly, via chat. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, we didn't include it because, um, well, I had forgotten that it was in the chat, not on the main feed when I was looking for it. <laughs> Uh, but I found it, and uh, when you were talking about um, Danielle and healthcare in particular, uh, this one, um, you might want to get a blanket for the chill that's going to go up and down your spine, kitties. Okie dokie. All right. I think I know which, uh, which uh, yeah, I think, yeah, okay. Yes. Yeah. Yep. All right. Go ahead. Here we go. Um, do you think, okay, so here's the thing. I can I can see all of the services that are not currently under the legislation and not yep. currently offered in other provinces. So call it Canada Health Act compliant services. I, I can see, or, or, or exempt, Canada Health exempt. Act exempt yeah. services. I can That's see those very easily being ones you can adopt. Right. You get right. into difficulty when you start talking about doctor services and hospital right. services. Right. And I don't know if you can bridge that gap without then having the federal government come in and, and uh, pull back on your on your transfer payments, because that's always been the big hammer that they have. It's one of the things I find well, so frustrating. Your brilliant idea here runs up against barriers because then the federal government can come along and say, "So, all right, well, we're we're and clawing back four or five or six billion dollars." And this is why I'm calling on Pierre Poilievre and others mm-hmm. to say we need to end the Canada Health Act. We need to say let the provinces decide. Let's give the provinces the GST. Let's give the provinces tax points on that income tax to pay for their own services and let equalization. That's another topic. Fix what fix, fix, well, 
fix equalization and let it deal with filling in the fast fiscal uh, limitations that certain mm -hmm. provinces have versus others. So, let the so, provinces be the provinces and do their jurisdictional duties and get the federal government out of it. So. Okay. So she, okay. is it just me or does she look like Tucker Carlson there? Yep. Okay. Yep, yep. Let, do we, let's disseminate the amount of bullshit in that one. Cause okay. uh, first off, they keep um. talking about equalization payments. That's the first thing I'm going for. And then I'll let you handle the rest. Equalization payments aren't a thing. Nope. They haven't been for a long time. That was changed under Stephen Harper, Pierre Poliver, or Poliev, whichever he wants to be on whichever side of the country he's in right now, was part of the team along with who wrote the rules, former premier of Alberta, Jason Kenney. Not equalization. Mm -hmm. All the money goes into a big pot and then gets doled out to the province equally as required. Equalization is not provincial. No. Period. Period. It's, it's, it's completely irrelevant to the healthcare debate. The only way that equalization fits into the healthcare debate is that at some point the federal government distributes money to certain provinces to make sure that they can maintain a similar, similar level of care across the country because we are one country. And if you can't get similar care in one part than another, then what's the point exactly. of being a country? <laughs> Your citizenship is not equal wherever you live in the country. So that's the whole point of equalization. And equalization is money that the federal government, after the federal government receives all its taxes and balances out everything with the provinces, mm -hmm. it's money it takes aside and says, you know what, we are not going to keep that for ourselves. We are going to give this back to the provinces and based on the formula of need mm -hmm. and based on taxation room and Alberta does not have provincial taxes. It's, so it's got tons of fiscal capacity for taxation. Mm -hmm. It just chooses not to use it. Money is distributed. That's equalization. Okay. Has nothing to do with this. Um, that's why we have to eliminate the Canada Health Act and let the provinces be the provinces. Um, has uh, everybody in this conversation here forgotten that one of the reasons we are in the mess that we are in is because uh, by letting the provinces be the provinces, they've taken federal money and then put it just into general coffers and chosen not to spend it on health? Yeah. Yeah. So when Doug was asking for more money for health care last year from the prime minister... He said, no problem, I'll give it to you. But there are strings attached and it has to be spent on health care. Well, no, no, just give us the money. No, Douglas. No, Douglas, that's not how it works, Douglas. You're going to get the money and you're going to spend it on this department. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, you're in shit, pal. Right. And then, so, our premiers, with the money they already have, mm -hmm are already not spending it on healthcare. If we let, just let the provinces be the provinces and get the federal. Mm -hmm. What in their behavior to date leads us to believe that now they're going to spend the money that they were choosing, getting from the federal government, choosing not to spend on healthcare, spend on healthcare. He says, give them more tax points. We, you were giving tax points in the 70s, which you do not recognize mm -hmm. every time you come to the table. You didn't use those tax points on healthcare. <laughs> well, and, and let's not forget a lot. How many billions in, in COVID healthcare dollars went out to the provinces that the provinces, 10 billion, I think, in Ontario and 4 billion in Alberta in COVID money? And Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's 4 billion in Ontario. Sorry. Thank you, Linda. Well, the 4 billion unaccounted for. Unaccounted for. Well, sorry, it is accounted because the books are balancing. They just don't know what that was spent or four billion was spent on or where or when. Wasn't COVID? How? Wasn't COVID precautions? Wasn't COVID medication? Wasn't wasn't PPE? What they don't know where the money went. How do you um, how do you how does ten billion go missing? Please explain to me how ten billion how, goes missing. And how. How is it that when ten billion goes missing, or four billion? Sorry, it was four billion. And, I, keep, I have ten well, in my yeah, head. Well, yes, yes. How is it that how is it that when four billion goes missing on this, and then another two billion go missing on that, and then the previous government of your stripe had four billion missing here and two billion missing? How is it that then when this keeps on happening, 
government after government when you happen to be conservative. Mm. How do you keep on having that moniker of being the party that's best for the economy and manages money best? And No, no. Here's what they do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you in on a little bit. It's never, it, it never, if you actually sit down and do like, like the data, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just does not show. That. So how do they maintain that reputation? It's like the NDP is going to spare into the poorhouse. And the, with the conservatives, them. you will be prosperous and everything will go well. And then it's like, well, but, they add more to the debt than anybody else. And we get less value for money. Than but there is truth that, that, that things will be better off under the conservatives. If you're for, rich and white. That's it. That's yeah. it. Oh, and there are, the, there are the people writing the articles. So, yeah, of course. That's it, man. <laughs> the Nigel Hannafords. I mean, come on. Look, how, how many... Look, I'll give you a for instance of how crooked the current Ontario government is. So, they started to underwin. They allowed the sale of beer and wine in grocery stores, correct? It was under Kathleen Wynne. So, all the grocery stores in my neighborhood started to be able to sell beer. It, with the exception of one, because it's too close to the, the nearest beer store. I'm like, oh, okay. No, no. And it's an independent. Now, up the street was a Sobeys, which is owned by Empire. And they had a great selection of beer, but then they closed the store and reopened it as a farm boy. It was a smaller selection of beer, but they still have beer. They have a separate wine store at the front of the store. So uh, the liquor store that used to be at the World Exchange Plaza is relocated over to Place Bell, which is a few meters from the right. farm boy. So I'm in the farm boy one day and I'm like, where'd the beer cooler go? What's what, what's that? They said, yeah, we, we had to take it out. Why did you have to take it out? Well, cause the liquor store is too close. I'm like, what? That doesn't make any sense. You were here before the liquor store, the liquor store moved into your neighborhood. You shouldn't have to take this out. Well, that's, you know, that's the Ford government. Okay. Curious because down the street at the end of my street, the South end of my street is a Loblaws. And in that Loblaws, they sell beer and wine. And in that same building on the other side of the wall is a liquor store that sells beer and wine. Now, why is mm-hmm. it they can occupy the same space and one can sell beer and wine, but one who's a couple of blocks away who'd been selling beer and wine for a couple of years and then the liquor store moved closer, made them stop selling beer and wine under the fort. So Sobeys, which is owned by Empire, which is from the East Coast, versus mm-hmm. Galen Weston's Loblaws. Mm-hmm. I'm, just, I'm just asking questions. Why is it mm. one company can't, the other company can? Hmm. Shouldn't the rules apply the same across the board for everyone? Is there a little mm-hmm. bit of favoritism there for one company over another? Just asking questions. Just asking questions. And when we're talking about just asking questions, there was a little, little passage in that video, Mr. Grizzly, mm-hmm. that... Um, oh, she does her just asking questions face. No, 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 no. That um, that just goes by and doesn't really get touched upon more. But if you're paying attention... Dog whistle. No, no, not just... Just take a, take a listen if you put it back up there. Watch. And I don't know if you can bridge that gap without then having the federal government come in and, and uh, pull back on your on your transfer payments. Because that's always been the big hammer that they have. It's one of the things I find well, so frustrating. See how her face contorted? Mm-hmm. It's one of those things I find so frustrating. Mm-hmm. And I love the whole thing, that there, that, the whole statement. That, that, that the federal government, mm-hmm. if you do not want to follow the Health Act, will come and remove your transfers. Healthcare spending accounts. You get a you get a healthcare account with a credit card that you can, and and so you know I, I break a leg and then I develop prostate cancer. All of a sudden, my healthcare spending account has been zapped, and the rest of it comes out of my own pocket. Over my dead body, and you know, could very well happen. <laughs> like, I didn't know that No Frills sold beer. Interesting. Phelan Beston. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 right. <sighs> the corruption in the Ontario progressive progressive conservative government under Doug Ford is beyond reproach. Oh, yeah, that's that's a good photo of that that side by side comparison there. <laughs> Why don't you just roll it back there? Yeah, yeah. Hold on, I'll uh, I'll uh, 
set this up here. Okay, because that that's that's really good. <laughs> You'll uh, see in a second, folks. We're there we promised to share it. There you go. Uh, Samir Kayande. Prominent members of previous conservative governments going back to Lahid's era era have deep misgivings about Daniel Smith. They are voting NDP because we deserve better. Interesting. Oh my God. One reason. <laughs> Y'all seen the film Misery? Tell me you don't see it. That's really scary. Danny Wilkes Smith. Mm -hmm. And um, I see it. <laughs> I see it. <laughs> Tell me you don't see it. Tell me. Like Shraggy. I'm your number one fan. Mm -hmm. If she, if one day she breaks out and says cock a doody or dirty birdie in a speech, head for the hills. Yeah. You dirty birdie. Run to the fire. Run into the fire. Yes. <laughs> Run towards the fire. Holy. Tell me you don't see it. I do see it. Man, oh man, oh man, oh man, oh man. Um, how much time do we have, Mr. Grizzly? Are we near the end? We're wrapping up? All right. Okay. Um, one little thing I'm going to ask Mr. Grizzly to put in the, the chat here. It's a link uh, to something happy. Uh, remember when I told you I went to see Herb Alpert in concert? Mm -hmm. uh, and he was doing these videos. One of these things that he did, uh, he did a version of putting on the Ritz. Oh, okay. uh, but they did a dance video to go with it, a music video to go with it. And um, remember the video back in the day? I think it was the Pleasure Principle, Janet Jackson, mm -hmm. and it looked like it was all done in one take. Mm -hmm. Now they, you know, very carefully. Edited. I mean, there, there were camera things, but it looked like it was just one camera pan. This is one camera mm -hmm. pan, single shot, with no cuts, go through like this. They apparently they had to, they did it many times to get one right. Yeah. It is really cool. They, like people change clothes and and whole and the whole thing and change rooms. It's really brilliant and it's putting on the Ritz and it's a very happy peppy mm -hmm. version of it. Um modern. Uh so uh yeah, that'll bring a big smile on your face and I dare you not to dance. I just dare you post, not to posted dance. a link in the chat, a uh, separate link. This is a Twitter from Luc Lebrun. Who is behind a conspiratorial far-right group training an army of election fraud scrutineers to dispute votes and sow doubts about Alberta's election? Benita Pedersen, the main organizer and host of these scrutineer training sessions. Yes, the scrutineer training sessions. That's the other one. She's uh, part of the Take Back. She's a top Take Back Alberta organizer. Uh-huh. The election was stolen. You know that's going to come out if NDP wins. Yep. <clears throat> Just saying. Tell me you don't see it. <laughs> Danny with the sledgehammer. Danny with the sledgehammer. All right, kids. Um, my God, there was so much other stuff I had and it just, you know, it happens. The conversation goes how it goes, right? But th there is there's just so much news. It's ridiculous. So much news ridiculous how much news there is at the moment so uh if i'm not touching on anything uh kits and you want to hear about it do, do let us know uh because uh like i said just way too much news well <laughs> and, not enough time and you're you're right about this uh, saucy um elections canada may want a word yeah because elections canada is very uh as we've stated i don't know how many times one of the best run systems on earth when it comes to honesty and integrity in the vote so uh, these scrutineers, how much you want to bet they're going to be sitting around, uh, hanging outside of, of uh, polling stations? Did you, did you, did you, who did you vote for? Did you vote for that? Was it, let me see your ballot. No, no. Well, no, no. I, I think it's more than that. I think it's like the actual scrutineers at the polling station because every partner is, yeah, every yeah, part, yeah. party's allowed to have and, and vote verifiers and whatnot and, and all that kind of stuff. And I think it's going to be, you know, like they were doing in Turkey, like challenge every vote and, you know, and they're even like putting the strategy saying, you know, like this, you know, there's a shortage of scrutineers. So if you can't be a scrutineer for the UCP, then go be a scrutineer for another party. So, you know, go be a scrutineer for the NDP. And it's like, I challenged this vote. Well, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it doesn't, it doesn't <laughs> it's, sound good to me, not, the way they're, the way they're going about it. It's, it's all yeah. bad. Yeah. 
Uh, Kit Pitt, I see. Uh, Kit Pitt, I see. Uh, yes, I can reach out to you after the show. I will. Absolutely. Uh, so, Kits, that's the end of this episode of the Daily Beaver Podcast. We hope you love listening to us because we love making this for you. Remember that sharing is caring and word of mouth is priceless, so let your peeps know about us. Because democracy is something that you do. Um, if you're in Alberta, uh, if they're looking for scrutineers, maybe uh, you you at home mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, listening to this are uh, the perfect person to be a scrutineer. If you're in nature, of course, a vacuum, nature, of course, a vacuum. If you see this going on, pick up a phone and say, I'll scrutineer. Mm-hmm. This, this would be a good thing when you're saying like, can I do something? This is something you can do. Just something you can do right now. So, um, yeah. Please, uh, if you like this podcast, you can find us on the Cryer Media Network as well as all Beaver Grizzly friendly platforms. Stars and reviews are appreciated. We love to hear from you, so reach us on our Facebook at True North Eager Beaver, our Twitter feed at True Eager, or our email, True North Eager Beaver at gmail.com. And if you subscribe to our pod page, that's podpage.com slash the True North Eager Beaver with a hyphen between each one of those words. When we have something fresh off the bandwidth, it will be in your inbox. And then you can listen to us or download it to your podcast feed or whatever it is, however it is that you receive us. Why not also subscribe to our True North Eager Beaver Media Incorporated YouTube channel? Ah, yes. And Kit Elaine says, have a beyond awesome day, everyone. And remember to smash the button before you leave. So do that and uh, subscribe while you're at it. And if you happen to be listening to us on another platform other than YouTube, um, if you can uh, help us out by just uh, strolling over to YouTube when you next have the opportunity and subscribing, even if you don't watch us, that will help us. Thank you very much. Uh, We can't do this without your kind and generous support. So if you feel that we've done a particularly good show, um, scan the QR code that Mr. Grizzly will make appear like magic on the screen. Boom. There you go. And if you are listening, you go to coffee. Now, interesting spelling, ko-fi, coffee.com, slash eager beaver. I always read it as ko-fi. <laughs> go to ko-fi. <laughs> and that's where you can make your donation uh, to help keep us hydrated. Yes. Uh, well, from the Beaver Lodge, this is your eager beaver saying, until next time, dear kids, it can be a tough world out there. So be kind to and gentle with yourself. And kids, uh, before I say that, if you keep on noticing that I keep on hesitating, that's the part in the script where it tells me to speak about merchants. <laughs> so I'd always, <laughs> it's like, uh, I need to scroll down. <laughs> so I've, that's what's I've happening. Got a- <laughs> I gotta find some time to put that together. We'll see. Uh, I'm just, I'm, I don't have a life. All I do is work. I haven't had a, I haven't had a life since March 24th. I have actually had to do some mea culpa for places where I volunteer and says I'm sorry I dropped the ball. I've just I've had to I'm reschedule uh, appointments uh, for for health um, health appointments. Like um, I just I haven't had the time. I've rescheduled stuff. Yeah. So yeah, but I've actually had to tell people I'm overwhelmed. And uh, one of the places where I volunteer, I actually said, you know what, I might I might actually need a little help here because mm. I've, I've got too much on my plate. Yeah. So, so ask for help. Uh, so, uh, Beaver Lodge saying, uh, as I said, be kind to and gentle with yourself. I was, I asked for help. Uh, Mr. Grizzly, do you have some words of wisdom for us before we go? You just said it. Ask for help when you need it. It's something I have struggled with my entire life is asking for help for anything, anything. I've always struggled with asking for help because, you know, I was taught to be independent and, and, and self-reliant and, and, and I have a difficult time asking for help for absolutely anything. Even something as little as, would you pass me that thing off the table there? I just do it myself cause I'm used to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm learning to ask for help and it, it, it is not easy for me because a lifetime of doing things a certain way and having to change it when you realize it's okay, you can do that. It's healthy to do that. That that's a, a a strange realization at in my mid fifties, you know, uh, it's like you say, Jillian, it's a hard thing to do um, to to come to the conclusion that I need help and I have to ask for it. I've done it, uh, and, and and it's been beneficial to me. I mean, look, I'm on medication. I'm here. I'm still here. I'm still alive. I'm still able to do this every day because I asked for help. But it was it was difficult. It felt like a a Herculean Sisyphean task. But I did it, mm-hmm. and I don't regret it. So, 
you're right, Tim. There you go. Now, I, I that's sort of the mentality I grew up with. My parents never, ever taught that, right? They always taught me mm-hmm. to ask for help, but societally speaking, it was, mm-hmm. you're not, you get man up, man up, put some mm-hmm. dirt, rub some dirt on it. You'll be okay. So asking for help for even the littlest things is difficult for me. So do your best to ask for help when you need it. And it's any type of help. Mm-hmm. And you start with baby steps and work from there. So there you go. Yeah. All right. Mr. Grizzly, roll them credits, please. I will, sir. Right about. You are listening to a True North Eager Beaver media podcast. The True North Eager Beaver podcasts are proudly brought to you by our founding sponsors, the Miss V Mysteries from Corvid Moon Publishing, your source for science fiction, fantasy, and cozy mysteries featuring a broad diversity of characters. CanadianTarot.com, your uniquely Canadian online eclectic tarot community and forum. And the Peppermaster, hot pepper sauces made from fresh farm ingredients to thrill your taste buds and expand your mind. Wishing happy birthday to my sweetie. <laughs> okay, you got me. I didn't see that one coming. Have a great day, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for watching. We really do love and appreciate each and every one of you. Take care. Absolutely. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.